Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of day it is that you're listening or watching this latest episode of Turfcast Podcast. And as usual, when he's not breaking his leg, my good friend, Simon Townley. How you doing, mate? Good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. Uh, Out of isolation now? Yeah, technically, yeah. I was, to be fair, technically I was out last week, but I still felt dreadful. So So I can give it another five days. Yeah, you've been up too much then? Uh, nothing, no. I've uh, just attending appointments. Now I can get out of the house and trying to get back on my legs. But going to be a long one. Yeah. Um, well, good luck with that. Um, just yeah, before we get into the into the into the chat, um, just it, it's not nitty gritty this week. It's there's not to talk about, is there? But we'll get into that. Um, just want to say that we are sponsored by Pitch Sports. Uh, you can see the the banner down at the bottom of your screen. Right now, if you haven't downloaded the app already, please do. It's a fan hub where fans chat to other fans about football and stuff and team news and managers and all that sort of stuff. Um, So it's available if you're from the UK on the App Store and the Android Store. Um, I still don't think it's available in Ireland yet, um, unfortunately. He's going to be spitting, his lad. He's going to be absolutely spitting. Um, He's hard as nails as well, you know. And, well, he's into MMA, isn't he? Not yeah, people into MMA. Don't pitch, well, if you see them. Yeah, yeah. He bloody will do as well. Um, I've, you know what? I've only just found this out, and I've tweeted about it, so you probably have seen it. Um, I thought the game was on Saturday, and I still, until about two hours ago, thought it was on Saturday. I've just done a chat with a Crystal Palace fan uh, from crystalpalacepodcast.com. Oh, I can't remember the name of it. I'll mention it later on. Um, I'll find out what it is, and I'll mention it later on. Um, and I was like, "So we're getting, we're building up to the game on Saturday. Uh, it's the five o'clock kickoff on Saturday. Back of the nest, it's called back of the nest." And he was like, "It's it's Monday, mate. It's like, it's Monday, mate." All that in his Cockney accent. And um, I was like, "What is it?" And I looked. Calendar's behind me. It's on Saturday on the calendar and everything. I'm living. I've booked Saturday off work. And I'm in on Monday again, the exact same. Fucking things happened again for the third game in a row. So I will not be on a watch along this week and I am fuming. Well, um, yeah, it's Monday and I knew it, this one. I can't give you any criticism because I didn't know until about 25 minutes before kickoff that the match was at five five o'clock. I thought it was eight o'clock. Yeah, 5.30. You thought it was 8 p.m., yeah. Yeah. At least I got the right day, though. Silly sod. Oh, when did they move it? It was they must have only moved it like during the international break or something because I checked when I booked the days off work and that was uh, only about two weeks ago, Max. Genuinely couldn't tell you when they moved it, but I know I've known for over a week it's on Monday. I'm livid. I must have I've got Burley Football Cup on notifications as well. And I've said all this in the in the in the pre-game show um with um Dara from Back of the Nest. 
Um, so you'll hear it all in a bit, uh, or on the show, should I say. Um, but yeah, I'm fuming. Um, are you free then on Monday? Um, I don't know. Let me, uh, oh. I should be, but it depends if the, uh, the wife is working, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. The wife's working, yeah. You're pretty, pretty fucked, I guess. Unless anyone yeah. can babysit. Um, but yeah, I, w- I won't put that pressure on you live on a podcast. Um, hopefully, Johnny Tate's free as well. <laughs> if not, um, someone else can fill in. I think I think Garros would be good on it. Garn, uh, he's a bit shy with stuff like this. So many bless him. So, so uh, we'll see, we'll see. But I won't be on it again this week, unfortunately, guys. Um, the, the the games being moved is screwing me over. Thankfully, I've built a team of minions um, that can do these sort of things for me. Um, Simon actually looks like a minion with that haircut as well, um, which 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 suits um, the job role uh, that he has here at Pitch Sports. Having said that, the, the term job would mean that you get paid, but um, you don't. Um, as I've mentioned, there's not too much to talk about, so I think this podcast um, will be a little bit um, shorter than normal. I have had a chat, like I said, with someone from Crystal Palace, so I will put a bit of that on the end of the podcast to try and beef it up. Um, but yeah, there's not been a game... Um, there's not really been any news since since last time. The only news that there has been is Dwight McNeil's comments, but we'll get into that later. Um, he's obviously said some positive things this week, so we will chat about that. Um, but let's have a look at some internationals then, because Nick Pope's obviously played for England. He's played half of three games. And um, in that half, he did very well. Yeah. And that's it. That's the international chat over with. Yeah. No, I'm joking. <laughs> but it, 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 did, it did well. It, I don't know. It's like tonight. Uh, we're recording this as England are playing, which just shows how we feel about England at the minute. Because I used to be... I went to Euro 2016 with you um, and Robbie. Uh, I went twice. Yeah. Um, I went to the Nations League last year, I think that was. And I, I used to love watching England away. Just, I love the crack of it. It's just fantastic. You just basically piss for four days watching football away a bunch of lads. It's incredible. Um, but I don't know. I just I just don't really have that connection with England anymore. Um, I just don't really feel it. And I think part of that is is the way that Southgate treats um, sort of like players that are outside the top six and even up-and-coming players like... I know Grealish is flavour of the month now with the England side. And if you look at England's social media, you think he was the England captain and he'd been the best player for the last three years. But he's literally just been given his chance and now they're milking it. Um, but yeah, talk to me about Pope. Um, played 45 minutes, was subbed off at half time, kept a clean sheet in that time. No, he started three games for England now and kept three clean sheets. Yeah, he's. <laughs> Excuse me for me, cough. But he's building on it, isn't he? It's not like it's. Um... It, it, it's kind of coming closer together now. So that's, I know it's in the three years, but the last international duties, which were only a month and a half ago, I think, if that uh, were, it, it was involved again. And Played against Wales, in, I think, didn't he, that time? Yeah. And then he's involved now, as a, even though it's only a half a game, he's still sort of, it, it shows to me that Gareth's asking the question who can put him under because he made the comments earlier and then the next game, Pope starts. So he's almost, say, it feels like he's challenging him for me. And, what has he done wrong? Absolutely nothing. Even his kicking in this first half that he played in the... Uh, the what were the game? Who were they playing? Northern Ireland? No, Republic of Ireland. Who were it? I don't I can't remember which of the game that Nick actually played in. Republic? I think it might have been. Yeah, Republic of Ireland, weren't it? Because uh, Brady and that come on in second half. Yeah, who, who did, yeah, yeah. We played, we've played Republic, Belgium, and right yeah. now we are playing Iceland. Pickford's played against Belgium, and he's played now against Iceland. So, yeah, it would have been the Republic. It was the Republic. And... Even though his kicking were better, he was more composed about it. And I like the fact that he's he's sort of decided, look, I'm going to throw it as often as I can as well. Because, you know, when most goalkeepers would stop, control the ball and then spray it around when there's when there's no pressure on him, he's picking it up and he's rolling it out as quick as he can. Um, but his kicking was noticeably better uh, in the first half anyway. Um I, th- I think he did really well. He came out, made some good, good decisions. He was punching it. He was jumping. He was catching it, taking, showing everything that he does for Burnley. But again, we're a bit of in a team that's got flair. So, like, you know, people might disagree with that comment because of the flair aspect. But in a team that plays football, let's put it that way. Um, yeah. So I, I think he did really well, mate. And I think he can only, you tweeted it, Turfcast tweeted it. Um, he can only do the job that he's been given. He can only do what's in front of him, so to speak. And, he did 45 minutes, cliche, and didn't, didn't put a foot wrong for me. Exactly, and it's been like that in every single England game he's played. That's why he's kept three clean sheets. 
Um, I can't remember who they played the last time he started, but he took the knee to the face. It sounds a bit Wales. Uh, scat. Yeah, were it Wales that one? Yeah, he took the that, knee to um, the face and just just got up. Oh, what's his name now? The striker, big guy, huge lump. Ended up coming off injured after colliding with Pope in the face. Um, I don't. I don't actually remember the incident. So I don't know. Um, I just remember. I just remember seeing it afterwards. Um, but yeah, he's, uh, so there's not much more he can do. And Gareth, if you're listening, I know you're not. But if you're listening, you're wrong. Um, other internationals as well. Um, I'm gonna be honest. Quilter's gonna be spitting again. I hope he don't start all his MMA stuff on me. Um, but I don't pay too much attention to the Republic. Um, but I know Brady and Long are playing now, um, and they've had a few appearances over these last three days. Uh, so that's good. And then, obviously, Bailey Peacock fouls in playing for the Northern Ireland as well. I don't know if you've been paying too much attention to the Republic and Northern. Uh, no, wait, man. I can have a look for you, though. No, you're all right. Um, but, yeah, it just goes... Uh, <laughs> At least, at least we're having a few people playing. Obviously, I know Johan's played for Iceland as well. He's not playing tonight. I think he's actually come back to Burnley, but I'm not sure if there's an injury there. Um, you know what? I do want to chat about that. It was a bit of a weird one, weren't it, with Iceland? Because he's not played for the last couple of games for Burnley because Burnley were deeming him not to be fit. But then, then he goes and plays for Iceland. I don't really... Is that a case of this dice fit thing where you need to be above a certain level of fitness, whereas other teams are okay with him being that sort of fitness. I'm just playing devil's advocate here because there's nothing else to talk about. I think that with the Arsene thing, that he's obviously going to be their, one of their star players. They've only got about three or four that are sort of playing elite top level football um, consistently. And I think that when a player like Gunnarsson is half fit, he's probably one of the first choices at half fit. You know what I mean? I think, at Burnley, you've probably got two or three that could play in front of him. I'm not sure Iceland have that availability. So I think that just because he's playing for them doesn't necessarily mean he's fully fit. I think it's just he is the better player, half fit. Yeah, I think like you say, he's just potentially probably because he's just playing elite football and he is he is a Premier League footballer. So they just, just need him there, uh, whether he's playing or not. Um, that's pretty much it for the internationals. Um, I did Dwight mention... Dwight on the play ones, of course. Um yeah, do you want to, I, I did write that down, but I've just forgot to talk about I it. Uh, spoke about it. We literally just spoke about it before. We that's why I wrote it down because you told me to. Um, but yeah, Dwight is not. I think, I think they played two games. He played against Albania. Uh, he didn't yeah. play. They played against last night um, for whatever reason. But I, I originally tweeted it, sort of like saying, "Why is he not played?" But apparently, they made a lot of changes, so they changed. Yeah, them. even the keeper Ramsdale was subbed off. There were there were a big overhaul in the squad when I looked at it because I did actually watch the under-21s where Dwight were playing just because he were playing. Uh, I wouldn't have watched it otherwise, but he did all right, mate. He did really well. He were, uh, played in his natural sort of left-hand position. Uh, it was an interesting position because even though he was left-wing, um, who was it now? Um, hudson Adoy kind of floating over to the left and they were always about five yards away from each other. So it was a bit of a weird position for, for Dwight. I, I think... He did really well in what he had to do, but then it was against a poor side who made England look poor. That's my that's sort of like my summary of that game. Them down to their level, hundred percent. They they started getting a bit arsy with them. England gave away a penalty that was a that was definitely a penalty by I think it was a, what, a Norwich player, and um, they scored the penalty. And then they were like locking horns on the sideline because they weren't, didn't like the way that they celebrated, but. They celebrated scoring a penalty. I didn't see what the issue were. Um, and then Dwight McNeil gets a corner, whips it in. He was corner was on the right hand side, so it was an in swinging left footed. Uh, keepers come up to punch it completely, sort of like it, it's not that he didn't he missed it, he didn't even get there. It was nowhere near punching it before the header had been connected, and then it just went bang straight into the net. Keepers behind the player that's just headed it. So yeah, it were it was great delivery. He put in, Hoddle mentioned it a few times, three or four brilliant crosses that just begging to go in. And Ryan Brewster was the one who were receiving it because he was on his own up front of Sheffield United player. Uh, every ball was whipped in. He was just fucking it up or heading it over or whatever. It weren't, it just, let's put it this way. You put, uh, you'd like to think if you were delivering them balls and they were open as they were, in a Burnley game, we'd be putting two or three of them away. Honestly, they were that good. If he's putting good crosses into Chris Wood, then he's 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 the man that you want. Well, they're positive signs. Then um, yeah. Dwight, because Dwight has been quiet this season, barring the West Brom game, uh, but it's West Brom. Um, so fingers crossed, he can find that form in a Burnley shirt. Because, like you say, yeah. if if he puts 
three good crosses into Chris Wood or four or five crosses into Chris Wood is, is scoring at least one, probably two of them. Yeah, yeah, Brewster were poor, not going to lie. Fair enough. Right then, as I was just going to do, let's have a look at the pitch um, question. Now, there's only been pitch um, basically messed up this week. Um, what they did, it was quite funny actually, because um, <laughs> you go onto the homepage, right, and it says onto your dashboard, and if you're a Burnley fan, you'll be greeted by that my mug. And it says, "Are oh, you panicking due to the poor pitch?" Unusual. Well, it's because you and I think who were it? Someone tagged him in it. I can't remember who it were. Someone tagged him in it. Said, "Buddy Aljo, he's got it. He's the one brave enough." <laughs> yeah. Said, "Buddy Aljo, you're going to knock me out of something on that picture." I think it might be Quill. Actually, that's the third time I've mentioned mentioning him too much in this. Um, and then I put, "Ha ha!" I know they always look like that. And then they messaged me saying, "Oh, we're really sorry. We'll try and get better pictures." I'm like, "I'm only messing. You don't have to. I don't. So far, I don't bother me at all." But um, but anyway, that that's the picture when you log on. If you are watching on the on the on the on YouTube's, um, you can see my beautiful mug. And then you go on to uh, you click it. So there's the mug. You click it, and that's that's not me. Who's that? But it does say Joe from Turfcast asks, and it's got some guy with long hair and a big beard. And Neil, I think it was Neil, Neil Lafer messaged him like, but hell, mate, has lockdown been treating you hard or something? <laughs> That's <laughs> no, a picture of Joe from 2004. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just need an indie <laughs> shirt underneath that now, don't I? <laughs> uh, that's the chap from the Everton podcast whose name I don't know. Um, but uh, unfortunately, if you, you it, story spot. Yeah, if, if you click on it, it is his video, annoyingly. So, um, so think, but it, was, it was originally my video. Um, so I do have a couple of answers for the people that got there in town before Pitch uh, made the mistake. Um, these are from um, Johnny Tate, funnily enough, and Mark Howarth. Um, so obviously the question was, are you panicking due to the poor start? I asked you last week, Simon, didn't I? You said not just yet. Not just yet. I agreed, not just yet. I think I'm a little bit ahead of you. Though I will press the panic button if we do not, if we get beat against Palace, especially if we draw and might be hovering even closer. Uh, I'll decide um, later. If, if Technically, I think you'll be panicking because I'm sure you said if we don't win on Saturday, then, then I'm <laughs> panicking. <laughs> I don't know, I'm going to be spitting feathers. Um, but Johnny Tate said, well, it's Johnny T. I presume it's Johnny Tate. Um, said, it's hard not to be worried. Utter shite. Yeah, it's Johnny. Utter shite so far. And don't look like we could hit a cow's arse with a banjo. Um, Never yeah, got that one. Definitely are up front. Um, Mark Howarth, a little bit more positive. Um, no, I am nowhere near panicking. We have had too many injuries in a too small squad that has crippled us. Injuries now clearing, and when those players get up to full match fitness, I can see as easily. Well, I don't say easily. I don't know why I did that. I added a word and then emphasised the word. If I just had just said the word, I wouldn't have mattered because I emphasised it. I've ruined it. Typical journalist. Um, I can see as pulling away from the bottom. So mixed review. We only got two answers uh, because of the mistake that Pitch made. I did email them. Uh, and they said we are trying our best to sort it out. Obviously, they didn't get a chance to sort it out. It's still there, uh, but it were quite funny. That I think I must have had about five messages off people saying, "What's going on here?" And I'm like, I know I've told them it's funny, but you know what I can do. Um, well, at least you know you've got five more responses. They should have asked them for the response anyway. It seems like they had the time to message you. But um, true. Mark, Mark Howarth's uh, comment is exactly the same as what I said last week. I think the the squad's coming back. We're looking more rigid in defence. Um, positives, positive thoughts from me. Oh, that we're going to start picking results up soon. And it's interesting because I was listening to TalkSport uh, on my way to my hospital appointment the other day. And the whole sort of, they were just going through the, the you know, the weekend's games coming up. And I didn't get to hear what they said about Burnley because obviously we're the last game of the weekend. So they're probably the last on the list. Um, and they were basically harping on about how Sheffield United are going to have to turn it around soon. Now, are they? They're definitely going to start picking up results. You know, they're not one in eight. I'm thinking they will never have been that positive about us. Don't know if anyone no, no actually heard that. Get in touch if you did. But, um, yeah, definitely sort of kissing arse of Sheffield United, saying that they can turn it around. And that shit annoys me because we are a more established Premier League club than Sheffield United. And we have been in Europe in the last three years. They haven't. We've been in the Premier League for the last five years, whatever it is now. I'm losing count. They haven't. They've been, they're in League Two the last, when we got promoted to the Premier League. So, there's just... 
I tell you what, though, I'll say the same now what I said to some Sheffield United fan last season because he was going on about how great they were and how everyone's loving Wilder and how everyone's loving Sheffield United. I'm like, I'll tell you what, mate, this will not last. This is what it was like with Burnley. Everybody loved us. Everyone's like, oh, my God, this new team in the Premier League, amazing, look at them doing well. And now we've been here for so long, we've pissed all the big boys off, the haters, and it'll be the same with Sheffield United if they stay around that long. If they don't stay around that long and they're back in the Championship next year, everyone will be like, oh, yeah, good club, Sheffield United. I wish they'd have stayed up, but... The, that's the price you pay, and and it and it and it makes it all much sweeter when you do beat them because you know you're rattling them just by being alive, basically. Yeah, they, I agree with that. It's interesting as well because they also mentioned like big game this weekend: Leeds United versus Arsenal. When, when did that become a big game? Never. Uh, They're not even good. Did you see him against Palace? It was shite. Well, you said that, and thankfully Simon Jordan, uh, former Palace owner. Um, he, he came and on, he'd say, he would just basically say he thinks it'll be goals, he thinks it'll be a good game, but he thinks that ultimately Arsenal will turn him over because he was questioning Bielsa's tactics as, as being a bit one-dimensional um, and can he vary it when he needs to? And is he stubborn? Is too stubborn? That was wrong. I'm, I'm glad someone else is seeing it. Like, don't get me wrong, I do actually quite like Bielsa and I was a bit gutted when he went to Leeds, but I think he's getting found out now. Um he, he he just loves he loves to press and it will probably work against us and it will work against some other clubs as well. Um, but it doesn't work against every single club. You've got to have more than this one plan of oh we will press everybody. Because um, you look at Liverpool, they're good at pressing, but they could do other shit as well. You know what I mean? Um, and it, I, I enjoyed seeing Palace stick four past them. And I've never really been somebody that that, oh, that properly hates Leeds. I know some Burnley fans like to hate, hate Leeds. I'm not really sure why, unless you're around in the 70s and stuff and, and you and you saw the rivalry between Burnley and Leeds then. But for people our age, you don't really get why you'd hate Leeds. I know the fans are quite annoying, but as, as a club, they're just another club to me. They're just there. I don't hate them. I don't particularly like them. Um, but it, it is it is good to see them get twatted because of the way that they've been since they come up to the Premier League. Yeah, um, checking it. Yeah, exactly. I want to move on to Dwight's comments because we had a bit of a negative discussion last week about the James Tarkovsky comments. And um, we, we, we held back to a certain extent for obvious reasons. Oh, well, you did. I, I try my best not to, but I sometimes feel that I, I, I don't want to drop you in it and stuff. So, But I think I got my point across and I think I got it across quite well. So it's good to see Dwight McNeil... Um, talk about the exact same thing but have the opposite view uh, he had an interview with Alex James on Lanks Live obviously fans of the podcast will be aware that Alex James is a, a friend of the podcast excuse me and has been on the podcast a couple of times but I'll just read the article out now he says Dwight McNeil um, hold on. Dwight McNeil addresses those James Tarkovsky comments and delivers message Burnley fans will love. I'll skip over the bit about the Tarky comments because that's not what I'm talking about. Um, just scroll down. Da, 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 da. Basically, with the Tarky comments, he says he understands where Tarky's coming from, um, but he doesn't feel that playing for Burnley will hamper Tarky's international ambitions in the long run. Uh, I probably disagree with that, to be honest, Dwight. I think it does. Um, but just going on to about what... Dwight said about himself. Uh, the article goes, the 20-year-old uh, signed a new long-term contract earlier in the year with Burnley and has often been linked with the move away from Turf Moor, but he believes he's in the right place to continue to develop. It's a difficult one, McNeil said, when asked... Oh, it's about that bloody talk. His comments again. Well, the article's all over the place. Um, <laughs> apologies for listening. <laughs> it's not behind... I won't read it out of it behind a paywall. Uh, da, 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 da. there we go. He's talking about uh, right. It's uh, it's it's tough. It's tough for him to break into the seniors at the minute um, because you look at the people uh, uh, in certain positions ahead of him. Uh, obviously, this is the England seniors, not the, the Burnley seniors. Uh, I'm part of the under 21s, which I'm happy to be, and I'm playing for Burnley is the main aim for me right now. And getting the call up for the under 21s is a bonus. I want to get as many caps as I can for the under 21s. But as I said, my main focus is to have another good season at Burnley and hopefully then get selected for the tournament next summer for the under-21s. If anything, being left out of the squad, the under-21 squad, in September was a learning curve for me personally. It was a bit of a surprise, uh, surprise off the back of playing every game last season. It didn't stop me at all. I just had to knew I had to keep fit playing for Burnley. I spoke to Eddie Boothroyd. It was fine. My main aim was to keep fit and get picked for the ones which I have. But the main aim now is to stay in and hopefully be part of the tournament in the summer. Um, that's my only goal for Burnley, really, is just to keep playing every week and keep enjoying my football. I am still so young 
and I have a lot to learn on and off the pitch. And this is the this is the line that is the good news. He says, I do feel I'm in the right environment with the coaching staff and the gaffer at Burnley. They keep guiding me in the right way. So obviously, in exact opposite to James Tarkovsky, he feels now to develop his career and develop his his abilities and really his um, international ambitions. He feels he has to move away from Burnley. Um, and as a youngster playing under Dwight, an attacking youngster under, under Dwight, under Sean, I felt that maybe Dwight might feel that he would need to play with a more progressive manager to develop, but it sounds like he wants to stay here for the next few years at least and continue to develop under, under Sean. Yeah, um, positive comments, great comments. Two, the, I don't like comparing the two, and uh, the reasons for that are there are two different points of the career. The one, one starting, one's yeah, you know, lighting up the Premier League. Uh, well, especially last season and the, and you know the end of the season before. Um, Tark is at a point now where he is he, a crossroad. I think also Tarky not getting into the English squad where Dwight's still progressing in the under twenty ones. And secondly, my point would be. If there was a £30 million bid on the table for Dwight, it would be interesting to see how his interview would have played weeks after that, like Tark is, as opposed to saying, you know, I'm at the right place now. Well, yeah, he is at the right place now, but if there were a bid coming, would he change his opinion on that? I don't know. But, yeah, two different sort of... I'm not negative to, to Dwight's comments. I'm negative to comparing the two, is what I mean. Yeah, fair enough. Don't necessarily disagree with that. Um, but it is good to see that yeah. he wants to stay here. Yeah, absolutely. He's a... Uh, He's progressing to. I say he's progressing, mate. To be fair, is it a bit of a wall? It feels like in this season. He's been a bit poor this season. Let's let's be honest. He, he has yeah. been poor this. Season. He can definitely improve this season, but it's another debate. That it, we know he's got it. Is that Dwight or is that his defensive duties or not being let off the leash? For example, I do actually, and you will hear it on the on the pre-game show. Have a good chat uh, with the lad from back of the nest. And he talks about Zaha and how Zaha has been, in his eyes, a little bit poor for the last couple of seasons. But now this season, he's been put up front in like a role with more freedom, so he doesn't have to play on the wing. So then it got me thinking. I didn't, I didn't have the chat with uh, with the lad, but it got me thinking. Then maybe I know a lot of people seem to have this obsession with putting Dwight as a as a wing back. Um, oh, yeah, I don't that one. Yeah, it might be more of a, an idea to to not have him out as an out and out striker like Woody, but sort of like up front with Woody and in the sort of like the J role, maybe the number ten role. Yeah, I, I've pushed for that since the beginning of the season and uh, the end of last season. I remember telling you that I'd like to see him in a centre mid role uh, or a number ten with a bit of freedom. I I think when he comes inside, he dictates the play really well. And uh, I've said it a million times. I don't need to keep saying it for everybody, but yeah, I, I would definitely like to see a bit of a. a a positional change, maybe just to shake him up a bit, maybe just to say, right, go on, then go and see which you prefer, because it might just be giving him that sort of thing to say, do you know what, no, I buzz off being off a wing, put me back on the wing, or it might just say, yeah. right, this is my time to shine. Um yeah. But yeah, I'd like to see, I'd like to see a bit more from Dwight this season, I think everybody would, but I don't blame Dwight necessarily, I think the whole midfield has been shaken and moved, and, and it's just not clicked yet for me this season, the midfield, and I've said this to you, this is why I don't think the goals are coming, because the midfield's not clicking. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm happy with Dwight as a, as a long run. And he's still the player that, when we start a game, I think, come on, Dwight, mate, let's do this now. He's still the player that I look to and think... When he, he, he's well, easily I the want most creative player with Yeah, Dwight, definitely. Isn't yeah. Not even close. He's still the sort of like bright star in the team that you just think, if it's coming anywhere, it's coming from him still. Yeah, yeah. We, I, think, I think that's part of the reason why we're not very creative at the minute because Dwight's had a quiet start to the season I think I think it is that and the discussion we had last week about Jay in the number 10 role helping the midfield massively by coming deep and collecting the ball I think that will I be a massive helping thing. the midfield massive <laughs> no, I'm not I'm not gangster mate uh, helping the midfield massively but yeah um, that is a new thing that we, we I am definitely going to start doing I am definitely going to steal that off you West Ham and Brownhill are the midfield massive. There we go. So big like up to the it. midfield massive. Hopefully <laughs> they can have a decent game against Palace. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I want to. I want to talk about. Let, let's move away from the football for a little bit because obviously there's been a lot of press about Burnley this week, yeah. thanks to um, Jordan North, uh, Burnley fan, Radio One DJ, who's. Um, yeah. I'm who's glad uh, you said it like that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> for, for Kevin and Perry. DJ. Um, 
I, you know what? I haven't seen that film for years, Kevin and Perry Goldwater. That is an absolute classic. I know there's a few youngsters that listen to this, um, like Ben Livingston and a few others. Uh, uh, apologies, I forgot a lot of names. Um, they've probably never even heard of it. I'd, 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 it's probably, it, might, it might be a bit dated now, and I might just look like an old man who's going, oh, watch this film, oh, kids, you'll love it. And then it, and then it's just absolutely <laughs> dreadful to them because it's just so dated. But I would recommend watching Kevin and Perry go large. You know what? I might dig that out. I, I don't know if it's on Amazon or Netflix. I don't, I don't even know yeah, where it's on. It's on cassette, mate. It's on tape, yeah. that. I don't, I don't have a video player, a VHS. I don't think anybody does. Uh, shout out in the comments if you do have a, a VHS player. I know we'll open me and Simon will come round. Covid friendly, obviously, uh, and we'll watch Kevin and Perry go large and bring a few beers. Um, but yeah, Jordan North in the jungle. Yeah. Um, he's he's uh, he's done well. Um, yeah. A bit a bit of a uh, a soft bastard, I think it's fair to say. But it's, it's weird. I was saying this to my missus yesterday. It's um, every single time he's got a task to do. I'm like, oh, just get on with it, man. Stop being a soft bastard. But then every single time he just does it. It's like you've clearly got it in you to just do it. So just do it, mate. Stop being a wuss and get it done. You're clearly braver than you think you are. Like, um, all right, the abseiling off the hill, I think I could have done that personally. I'm not great yeah. with heights, but I've abseiled plenty of times, so I think I could have done that. The snake pits, I, I, I don't know if – I think I could have done it, but I, I don't know. I think I'd have struggled, but I wouldn't have been – I wouldn't have looked like he did before he did it. But the one he did last night at the time where we caught him is off the Ah, well, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to tell you. He did another yeah, one, sure. and he uh, he did an eating challenge, and he's ate bollocks and all that shit like the people normally do. And I, that, they're the ones I don't think I can do. He ate a goat's eye. I don't think I could have done that. So he's braver than what he thinks he is. But it's not. we're not, not just here to talk about how brave he is. I'm here to talk about what he's been doing and how funny he's been and, and how people are warming to him. And um, and what he's been saying about Burnley, obviously the happy place, um, happy place, Turf more happy place. You're winning. We're winning, Jordan. It's Saturday. We're winning, happy place. You're in your happy place. That were class. No, we're brilliant. It, it just shows what, what football does. I know it's a bit sort of you know soft to say it, but it does show, doesn't it? If that's where he thinks that he's safe and if, if that's his environment that he goes to a happy place, I'm sure his missus were buzzing about that. Um, but it's it was funny, you know, the reactions it got. It got negative from some that you want to wind up. For example, I seen David Dunn replied to the tweet, if you've seen that. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, and then everyone just went for David Dunn and showed, showing pictures of him crying into his... Uh, into his shirt one game and things like that. Uh, the best yeah, picture no. of David Dunn is when he's at Turf, Turf Moor in the commentator's box after the game when we've just beaten him 1-0, Andre Gay penalty, and Joey Barton's done that to the fans to say, yeah. like, we've beaten you twice this season. And he's just saying, like, that. That's the best picture. picture. That's one of my favourite pictures from that. That's that is iconic. That is iconic. If I could get Joey Barton to sign that, it will be framed. New house, as soon as you walk in in the hallway... Bang, Joey Barton, now we've started. Um, but yeah, I, I, it wouldn't be my happy place, I'll be honest. I love Burnley, and I would even go as far as saying I'm a massive <laughs> Burnley fan and potentially bigger than Jordan. Again, that's not a... I'm not going, ha, ha, bigger Burnley fan than you. But it's, it's, I don't know, it's, it's not it's not what I think is my happy place. That's what I'm saying. I don't think this is a very happy way, but it was funny, Anton Dex comment about it, weren't it? Where, that's about a bit, of, a bit more realistic. Was it? He said, was it? <laughs> they were 19th in the Premier League without a win. I'd hate to see his, uh, I'd hate to see his unhappy place. That was the comment. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I, liked, I liked it, mate. I think it was funny. I thought he brought some good press to Burnley. People are tweeting about it. People are talking about us. And I'm, a, you know me, I love a bit of marketing and, and things like that. It's all about that for me. And I think he's done nothing but good things for the town and the club's name. Yeah, well, the club have now released Happy Place Turf Moor T-shirts. Have they? Yeah. Are they really? You, yeah, they, exactly. This is the sort of thing that you'd expect like little companies to do. Fair play to Burnley. But they, they can't they, make they, a fucking John Road 11 shirt. They're using it as, <laughs> they're using it as an opportunity uh, to raise money for Pendleside on t shirt Pendleside Hospice. I think I'll they might do. Them. They might steal your idea. Uh, but they are using the opportunity to raise money for Pendleside Hospice and um, the Burnley FC, Burnley FC Food Bank. Um, I I won't be buying one, but I, that makes it sound like I don't want to raise money for charity. I do. And as I mentioned last week, I have a plan to do stuff myself on the podcast, yeah. but Simon wasn't very happy about it. So um, we might have to not scrap it because I, I, I do all hard work on the anyway. Me. Yeah, I'll do all hard work on Turfcast anyway. So I'll do hard work this time while he just fucking fannies about. Um, but yeah, what else were I going to say? You know what? Um, 
I'll be honest, and I don't mind being honest here. I when I listen to, when I listen to him on Radio One, I, I know he's a Burnley fan, and I, and I, 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 I love I, I love that. He, he sometimes I don't I don't necessarily like his presenting style. He grates on me a bit. He's obviously very good at what he does, but it's not for me. I'm a bit of a, a Toby Tarrant fan, you know. I know you're a fucking Radio Two man, is what you are. I'm, I'm, Radio I'm, Ra I, I'm Radio X. I'm Radio X, mate. Chris Miles in the morning for me. Uh, although Chris Miles pisses me off. I don't, I don't I normally turn Milesy off. I lie. <laughs> I, like, I, like, yeah. <laughs> I tell you what. You just listen to podcasts on repeat. <laughs> yeah, I do. The, mo the most controversial one that people always say, really, you don't like him? James Corden. I would see that baffles me. I cannot stand the man. I love him. Just I want shut to up and get on with it. Just shut up and get on with it, man. He's fannying about all the time. He's going, oh, this big laugh. Like, no, fuck off. Do me anything. I just don't like people that are happy. Yeah, if you're happy, that's... it's not for me. <laughs> that was where I you going. Jordan's a very happy man, and that is why. But I, I, and I That's why you're warming like, to him now, because you've seen him nearly crying. Exactly, exactly. Like, oh, I and, like him. He's weak. <laughs> yeah, and, and as Sam has just said, that's not why I like him, because he's weak. I've, I've, now, now I see him as a person. I'm really warm. I'm thinking, oh, this guy is incredible. I thought it was going to grate on me in the jungle, but it's obviously just his style of presenting. That, oh, it might just be the music and stuff. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I'm really warming to him now, and I think he's clearly a really genuine guy, and he's got a really good outlook on life. Um, yeah. And if that was one, if that was one thing I could do, I'd change sort of like my outlook on things because I feel like I have a bit of a. I'm not going to get deep. Or this isn't a mental health podcast. I feel like I have a bit of a, a negative outlook on most things in life. Whereas I think Jordan would, would see the positive in pretty much anything, and that I have a big respect for because I do. I do struggle with that sometimes. Um, so a big shout out to Jordan if you're doing really yeah, well. well um, and I think I genuinely believe now the only person that I think only two people that I think can beat him are Bev. And Shane Richie, just because how old he's will vote for him, especially Shane Richie, because he's One you know old and three years in a row. Exactly, exactly. All old dears will be voting for him. Yeah. We've got to keep Shane in, make sure he wins it, Ethel. You know, brilliant. He <laughs> uh, rather Ethel, surely. I didn't know which way to go. We, um, but yeah, uh, let's get back into the football. Then this is a football yeah. podcast, not mental health, not the jungle podcast, not the Jordan North on Radio One DJ podcast. Uh, Crystal Palace game. Now I have spoken to um, the lad from Back of the Nest. Apologies again, mate. Um, I forgot his name. Dear, dear. His name is Dear. Um, daughter, oh, dear. dear. A female dear. No, it's <laughs> Dear from Back of the Nest, the Crystal Palace podcast. You'll be able to hear a clip of that in a few moments. Um, and you'll be able to see the full interview on the Crystal Palace pre-game show, which I will stream on Facebook and uh, put it live on YouTube on Sunday night. I'm going to start doing it the night before the game rather than the day of the game because it's not getting enough fucking views. And I think it's because I'm putting it out like three hours before the match. People yeah. are going to watch it after the match. So more scope, more time to have views. So keep your eyes peeled. It's going to be out on Sunday night. Um, but yeah, so I have a big chat with him, I have a big look ahead to the game, but me and Simon have a quick look ahead to the game now. Uh, Palace, must win? Yeah, it, it's feeling that way, I must admit, and it's at home, but I said it to you last week, that these are the team that I, I predicted to be a surprise package this season, they're, they're definitely not letting me down on that, uh, they're, they're fantastic attacking football, but the thing with Palace that makes them sort of difficult for me as a Burnley fan is... They, they they counter as well. They don't actually. That, that is sort of the like, problem. Yeah, exactly. You you're going to say it yourself, but um, we we don't like having the ball. They're used to sort of like letting other teams have the ball, and then just that electrifying pace up front that they've got and taking advantage of us. Um, slightly concerned, I must admit. They're a good side. I'm not underestimating that. But again, at home, turf more normal season. To resume, we need to we need to start getting points, mate. I it, for me, it is one hundred percent a must win. Um, like I said earlier, lose this game, and I am slamming that panic button down as hard as you physically can. Um, you just got to look at the next fixtures to see how important it is before we even consider looking at the league table. So we've got Crystal Palace on Monday, um, then we've got Man City on Saturday. It'll probably be fucking Monday night again, and I'll miss it. Then. Um, Everton after that, then Arsenal after that, Villa after that, who've also started well, and then Wolves, then Leeds, and then you're getting into some some games after that. And by then it's it's the 28th of December. 
that's that's how long that run of fixtures goes on to. So if we don't beat Palace, we're not going to beat Man City away. You look at the fixtures completely different. Like every single one of them teams, I was like, fucking hell. Every single exactly. one. There were not one that I thought, yeah, that's the one. Whereas exactly. if we'd have had four or five wins under his belt, you're like, no, we can do Everton, we can do Leeds, we can do... And but the, the mindset is completely different at the minute. It's important to get that kick start that season. 100%. You need, you need that. And it's the same with the players. The players, I know they're a lot mentally stronger than us um, because of the, all the training and shit that they have and all the stuff they have to deal with. But it's going to be the same there. They're not going to be the same mentally at the minute. Um, and they need that first win under the belt. But... Like I said, before you even consider looking at the league table, that looks difficult. But when you look at the league table, Crystal Palace are eighth. They've had a really good start to the season. They've just absolutely murdered Leeds 4-1. Both, that's a better result than Liverpool and City had against Leeds. I think City drew 1-1 with him, albeit at Ellen Road. Um, Liverpool, 3-2, were it 4-3? I can't remember. Um, but they absolutely murdered Leeds. And that's because they counter-attacked Leeds. They got the ball. Leeds tried to press them. They played it around the pass around the press and then counter-attacked and just scored for fun. Um, yeah. I think we'll be... A, yeah, they are a good side. I think, I think we're, we're a better side defensively than Leeds. Um, so I think we will do a bit better defensively um, than Leeds probably ever will this season. Um, but I don't know. I'm worried. I am worried. I think I will smash that panic button. Um, but for me, it's got to make the right decisions and the right decisions start with Sean Dyche. And I think it's time now that he... we started giving him criticism when he picks the wrong team because he's been doing it a lot this season. It's time to put Jay Rodriguez up front with Chris Wood. I know a few people want Vidra. I'm adamant Chris Wood is still the right man. He needs to be playing alongside Jay Rodriguez and he needs to be getting good service because he ain't getting any of that at the minute. But uh, what would you do then? Would you agree with that or similar sort of team or what? It's a similar setup to you. I don't really care uh, necessarily who partners Wood, but I do agree that Wood is the man. I think Ashley Barnes needs game time. Unfortunately, we haven't got time on our side, but he does need that game time to progress his game and to get back into sharpness. And we know he's good enough. There's no doubts about it. J-Rod equally brings a different part to the game. Uh, so if either of them are up front, I'm not going to be too disheartened. Uh, but I think, it'd be, I think it'd be a big mistake to sort of drop your Wood because he, he deals with balls that aren't even worthy of dealing with half the time. There's a long ball up top and he's still running and chasing it and jumping. Um, you, you can't get rid of that for me, not with the way we're playing at the minute. Um, defensively, I, I want the same back four. Can't see him changing it after the you know a good, good couple of games, really, defensively now. Yeah. But it's the midfield for me, mate. And this is where I need... Sort of the midfield massive. You know, the midfield massive. Need, they need some consistency. I need, I need to see McNeil sort of getting confident, hopefully, this England international away. A uh, couple of weeks with them in the under-21s will help that. Uh, Goodmanson's played football, assisted one as well. Uh, I think in, in one of the... Yeah, I think so. I'm not, I'm not 100% on that, but I think he assisted one. Let's just start sort of getting momentum now and consistency, and I don't think chopping and changing a whole squad is going to help that. Uh, I do chat to Diaz, and he speaks specifically about um, right-back. Um, which is interesting, uh, and he was like, "Mate, if if you're playing Phil Bardsley, yeah, we will get we Zaha will absolutely murder him, fam." He didn't say any of that. Uh, well, he did, but he didn't say it in that accent. Yeah. Um, but um, but it's interesting to He's hear. He's capable because... of getting the best right back in the world, but yeah, of course, Bardsley's he is. like favourite to be booked every game he plays. Yeah, so. yeah, it's it's one of them. But we do seem to struggle against Zaha. But I think the last few times we've played against Zaha, Phil Bardsley has played. I think. I agree with you. The same. I'm not slagging Phil Bars off in the slightest. I just think there's, there's horses for courses, isn't there? And I think Phil Barsley just doesn't seem to do well against Zaha, probably because of his lack of pace. And Zaha is just incredible at pace. And obviously, he would get outpaced every single time. I love Phil Barsley. There's certain games where I would rather have him in than Lawton. Most of the time for me, sorry, Lawton. Most of the time for me, I'd rather have Lawton in. And I think this game as well, I'd rather have Lawton in. So for me, I'm going Pope, Taylor, me, Tarks. Louts, louts. Um, you've got your Dwight on your left. Uh, midfield massive of uh, Westy and Brownhill. And then Gummerson on the right, hopefully. Hopefully. If not, Brady. If you put, if, if Dale Stevens is in that middle, I am not, I'm just giving up. I'm cancelling the podcast. I'm just binning my laptop. I'm just no point doing it. I'm putting all my shirts in the bin. If Dale Stevens is in the fucking middle. And then uh, Chris Wood and uh, Jay Rodriguez up front. 
for me. Yeah, I'd obviously agree with that squad, mate. I think it's a good squad. There you go. So I will now play a brief clip, probably I say brief, five, ten minutes, of uh, me chatting to Dia from Back of the Nest. Uh, we uh, look ahead to the Burnley Crystal Palace game. And obviously I now do this as a pre-game show um, so we can have a fan of the opposition on the podcasts to have a better look at the opposition. Because let's be honest, me and Sam are not absolutely fuck all about Crystal Palace. But Dia from Back of the Nest knows quite a lot. And this is what he had to say. But yeah, let's look ahead to the game itself then. Um, how should we expect Palace to be sat, uh, to set up uh, tactically then uh, for this game? Well, we're going to, as I said, we, uh, we've only got a plan A. And that plan A is that we're going to sit back and we're going to try hit you in a counter-attack. But the only positive is that I'm expecting you guys to do similar. And I think that's, that's what's happened in the past. Um, Palace have managed to break down Burnley with the players that we got with Zaha. And I think the main positive is that looking into the game, I'll be honest, um, it's your fullbacks. It's, I think that's the area that Palace can target and has targeted in the past that's helped us. So I think we're going to sit back and we're going to counter-attack going out wide and putting numbers there and trying to you know go out wide, cut in and then create chances like that. So I don't think it's going to be anything surprising, anything big, anything exciting, but it it will I think it can work against this Burnley side because it has in the past. Roy Hodgson has got results against you guys. Um but of course it depends on how you guys play on the day as well. Are you going to be um are, do you have different fullbacks? Of course you mentioned I think in our show that Phil Bardi might play and that's the main positive. I'll be honest with you. I don't think Phil Bardi should be playing for but I feel like you, you need better fullbacks uh in uh, in general. Definitely um, on the right hand side. Yeah definitely yeah. on the right hand side. On the right hand side on the, on the left, we've got Charlie Taylor. Yeah, on the left, we've got Charlie Taylor. So if you, if you, fingers crossed, you try and target the left. But obviously, if you look at the Burnley Palace games from the last three, four seasons, it's always been Zaha getting joy down the right. Yeah, no, yeah, it's, it's, that's what's going to happen. Uh, and that's what I'm saying down the right side. Um, because we're going to be targeting our left hand side. That's going to be Wilfred yeah. Zaha. That's going to be Eze. That's going to be either Patrick Vanana or Mitchell. And you're going to have three players just running that, you know, Phil Bardsley. And I'll be honest with you, it gives me confidence when you have feel but of course Charlie Taylor that's a different matter but um but yeah I think that's what's going to happen sit back counter-attack down our left-hand side to target your right-hand side and try uh break you down like that which has worked in the past but of course I don't know how if Phil Barsley is turning to Danny Alves or is this still the same Phil fun, funnily enough mate no he's he's not to it's, it's, it's a weird one is Phil Barsley because a lot of Burnley fans prefer him to Matthew Lawton I personally okay. perform I personally prefer Matthew Lawton um, it, 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 it depends on, on what sort of team we're playing against. If, if you're playing against a team with pacey and tricky wingers like Palace, yeah. then Phil Barsley doesn't do well. Um, mm. But if you're playing against a team that's solid and will play through the middle, uh, Phil Barsley can be quite good to get stuck in. And uh, he even does well against teams like Liverpool, weirdly enough. Like He'll get stuck in and ruffle a few feathers. So when we're playing against the bigger sides... That's what Bardo's good at. But when you're playing against teams that you, that you need to sort of like defend well um, against tricky wingers with and and things like that, or, or even attack, because Lawton is far better at going forward than Bardo is. He's faster, he's got a better cross. Um, so I think for Palace, I would hope that he starts Lawton. Uh, but Lawton's been a bit hit and miss as well for the last season or two, to be fair. As much as I do like him, uh, he's been here a long time as Lawton. Um, so we'll have to see with that. But I think he will play Lawton. Um, talked about your danger men then. There's obviously Wilfred Zaha. You've talked a lot about Eze. Um, are they the main two or is there any more? Um, I wouldn't say danger, man. And in a game, you'll notice as well if he plays as he has throughout his Palace career, which he hasn't had many game time, it's Jai Ruida World um, if he starts in midfield because he is going to control that midfield and he does everything that you, he needs to do. He's not a fancy type of player, but... He'll just he'll sit back, he'll look at the passes, he'll intercept them, he's very composed on the ball. Um, so it's out of course when you think of danger man, you think of skillful plays, but I'll still class Jairo Riedewald as a danger man because he can break down the play and he's very confident on the ball. So I think that's one player that gets unnoticed when you when you play Palace. And another danger man on this day can be, as I mentioned, Vanano as well, um, down the left hand side, because as much as he's bad, so bad defensively. He's very good going forward. So if he has one of them days down the left-hand side, overlapping Eze, overlapping Zaha, 
then that's another player that I need to watch out for, especially if your fullbacks are weak. But yeah, I think that's pretty much it. And I wouldn't say that we have a squad full of danger men, because Zah and Eze, but we've got some decent players that can do their jobs as well. Michi Batshuayi, Jordan Ayu, give them a chance in front of goal, they will finish it. I mean, we've got players who can do the basic jobs, but I think we've got the right balance. We've got the likes of Zah and Eze, and we've got the likes of Jairo Riedewald and um, Jordan Ayu as well, which helps us get the results uh, under Roy's system. Right, so a big shout out to Dia from Back of the Nest podcast. Um, I do want to apologise again today. I know I've just done it then. Uh, well, I did it off air, actually. I originally introduced him on the pregame show as Dia from the Eagles Beak. That's a rival fucking podcast. And I, and he didn't say anything. He just did, he didn't say anything. He just took it. And then later on, I said to him, so where can people get you from then, mate? And he's like... Yeah, so if you just go to back of the nest, I was like, what? I've, I've said Eagles Beak. I'm sure I did. Um, but no. Uh, so oh, again, dear, if you're listening for you. or watching, yeah, I'm a little bit embarrassed, I'll be honest. Uh, I, I, I have edited it out, or I will be editing it out, so no one will hear it. Um, Hi, everyone. We're yeah. here with back yeah. of the nest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be such a shit edit. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. I'm just going to have to reintroduce it on my own and say I had a chat <laughs> earlier with Dia. That's the only thing I can do. Um, so if you do watch the pre-game show and wonder why I'm just introducing it on my own, that is why. Um, but yeah, that's it. Big shout out to Sam for coming on. No problem. Big shout out that. to Dia for coming on the uh, pre-game show. As usual, the podcast uh, will be out Thursday morning. Obviously, you're listening to it, so you, you know it's already out. I'm going to uh, do the stream on Facebook. So if you're watching this on Facebook, again, you already know. Um, the stream on Facebook will be Friday night. Um, Saturday isn't game day anymore. Um, so there won't be much uh, in the terms of content from us on Saturday. Uh, new content, anyway. Obviously, I'll preview the game and look ahead to the game with quotes and things like that, like usual. The pre-game show will be streamed on Sunday night on Facebook and just put as a video live on YouTube. Uh, and fingers crossed, we have a watch-along. Because um, obviously I'm at work. Simon's missus might be at work, which means he'll be on dad duties. Uh, Johnny Tate, if you're listening, I know Johnny struggles with the 5.30 kickoffs. Um, so hopefully Johnny Tate can do it. Um, if not, there's others. I know Jared's been on the last one, I think it was, that you did. Garros, grow some bollocks and come on. Robbie, grow some bollocks and come on. Um, there's other people as well um, that do want to come on that are waiting in the wings, uh, but I don't want to put people on for the first time if you're hosting because I don't want it's, to... It's, yeah, yeah, it's difficult when, when you're hosting um, for the first time with someone new and I want you to be able to concentrate yeah. on it and, and playing the, the right videos at the, at the start this time if really? possible. Did you, did you play the right one last time? I don't know. No, I pressed the video. Didn't. Did you press the video? Was it was it the one with all the turf cast branding on it or the black and white 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4? Black and white. Not oh, the black and white, didn't. the turf cast. No, it wasn't the turf cast. I'm going to say, I can't delete the black and white out of it because it's fucking theirs. Anyway, that's it from us. Before I go, Simon, anything else you want to add if there's anything? We've done 50 minutes again. I, I More than 50 minutes because I haven't added the deer stuff in yet. Honestly, every single week I'm like, I've got nothing to say. What do we do? And every single time we, we, we just rack out 50 minutes. I know I was going to tell a story earlier and then I forgot. And then you just reminded me then. But uh, that'll add to your time in for you. But uh, will. we're probably going to pass, go well past an hour here. Sorry, lads. Yeah, it's probably yeah, too long now, if anything. <laughs> Adam will be happy. He'll be driving home to it. Um, yeah, no, I, I, what I was going to say with it. I got uh, a Burnley fans will be actually probably disappointed with me, even though I feel like I said the right thing. But um, I got a phone call the other day. Paul McLaren, David Jones. Oh, yeah. And, Been on the yeah, podcast, but, friend of the podcast, as our yeah, Dave. good guy. Great guy. He um, he rang me just to see how I was getting on. with obviously breaking my legs, checking in, um, letting me know what he's up to. I read the article in The Athletic uh, about him. So I thought, uh, I say I read, mate. I, I, you know what my reading is. I looked at the pictures Keith and the captions. Reading. Yeah. yeah, pictures, captions, and uh, picked out the bits I were interested in, the keywords. But yeah, I was I was just talking to him about that, and uh, if anyone hasn't seen it, give give it a read. It's uh, it looked good from what I read of it. Um, <laughs> but then I well, no, what I did was I thought, oh, I'll text him because I'm reading about it, and then he rang me. So then I just didn't read the rest of it. And then he was saying, I said, oh, what are you up to now? He said, oh, you know, it's a bit difficult, obviously lockdown and the no club situation. He said, but I'm training with your mate. I says, oh, who's that? And I, he says, oh, I'm at uh, Barrow I'm training with David Dunn. I'm like, Why is he calling him your mate? Yeah, tell him from me, stop it. That's not yeah. that shit's not funny. 
So I made the comment, oh, fucking mate, you over. I said, you know what? I'd cut air for a lot of people that probably play for Blackburn or some people that I know definitely have played for Blackburn. Oh, you've, had, you've, had, you've had clients that play for Blackburn now, Yeah, I've yeah? got clients that play for Blackburn. If Alan Shearer come in, I, I certainly wouldn't say no. England legend. Even Chris Sutton, who I think it's a person, he's a bit of a dick. I probably wouldn't he's say no to it. Probably wouldn't say no to it, but so I'm, well, I'm saying no now by calling him a dick on air. But um, <laughs> if if David don't ask me for an haircut, I would 100 percent say no, right? and everyone will think, "Oh, fucking right, of course you wouldn't." But he asked me why, and I'm like, "Well, it's just a dick, isn't it?" Like, well, what do you mean he's a dick? Why is he a dick? And I literally no comments over there. <laughs> you don't like Burnley. <laughs> it's not even that though. It's not. It's not even the fact that he's a player of Blackburn and he's from Blackburn and a Blackburn fan. But it's it's the fucking the dive. No, it weren't even the dive. It was this the offside goal. The offside the celebrations. The constantly whining. You know what? I, I said that. If someone said to me, "Would you edit a video for David Dunn?" I'd, I'd edit it, but I edit it wrong. That's what yeah. I do. You know, like the Blackburn cake where you cut inside and it with claret and blue. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, well, and he said to me, like, what, what, how come you don't like him? I said, no one in fucking Burnley likes him. He said, yeah, no, well, I didn't think you'd be like that because obviously he knows I cut players there of, of all sorts of teams. And uh, he said, he basically, basically said, because you're offside and he scored that goal against us and he wound us up. He went, yeah, but it was a 90th minute goal against your rivals. He's obviously going to be celebrating, like because I said he celebrated like he won the World Fucking Cup. And then he said to me, I played in that game as well, you know. I went, did you? He were set ten him in, weren't he? Yeah, for bastards. I'm fuming about that. So when I put four now. No, you didn't. You're no, a liar. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, funny story. Anyway, but anyway, he were. Uh, he said he's going to tell David Dunn. So I'll leave that one with me. It's progression. In Interesting. Interesting. Mm. Uh, fingers so, crossed. David comes to Simon Tamley Hair and asks for an haircut. You know what? I, I once saw David Dunn in Starbucks. I went to Starbucks in Blackburn, and he were there, and I just, I would, I. You, I was just so angry. I'm pulling that face that you're pulling now. I was just like, hey, what are you doing here, you scruff? I was like, what <laughs> are you? Fuck off. I, I was so angry. Just the vision of him. I was like, exactly. I was trying to exp- try and articulate that to somebody who knows him, as personally knows him. It's very difficult on the spot when you think, yeah, forget you, you've met him and you played with him and you, you're now training with him. Um so, yeah, so he said that to me, and I was like, nah, I won't fucking do it. I said it'd be suicide anyway. No one would come for an haircut in my salon again if David Dunn had been in the chair. Oh, I'd be so, straight off the rips, Barbers, mate. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> straight off the rips. Right, Probably give Russell a bell back in there. He used to go to Russell. Um, so I give all boys a ring. Um, how are Barrow doing? I'll just check the League, t- League Two table out now. Fingers crossed they're doing shit. That's another team I forgot that I'm, I support, I'm supposed to hate now. Yeah, they're 18th. I'll take that. Uh, that means they're going to fail. Oh, Stevenage and Southend are absolute dog shit, though, aren't they? Um, yeah. So they'll probably stay up. Um, but yeah, I hate Barrow now. I forgot about that. Thanks for reminding me. Uh, but no. then there you go. Excuse yeah, me. Enjoyed enjoy it. But uh, uh, I'll, I'll let you know if there's any progression on that one. I even sent him a screenshot of the, the eyes that he put on the Jordan North thing at Burnley retweeted saying, uh, happy place, happy place, turf more. And he put eyeballs. And I sent I yeah. a screenshot. He sent David Johnson. See, fucking at it again. Trying to wind us up. What did he say to that? He just put laughing faces back. But uh, I was explaining the argument. Do you remember the Twitter argument him and Paul Wellerad? Yeah, where David. I don't remember David it exactly, Dunn. but I remember it. I remember it briefly. It was a bit weird, though. I remember it just being a bit weird. It was weird because uh, David Dunn absolutely owned him. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Uh, I think I think you owned him a couple of times at college. To be fair, oh well. Oh, he's a, uh, he, he, <laughs> yeah, we'll leave that one there. But. Um, uh, it, yeah, funny. Yeah, uh, well, if you if you see that's a point. If you're seeing Jones again now, get my shirt off to him. I still need to get it fucking printed and my Lowen shirt. Uh, get for the those shirt that, don't that you know, haven't got your like, printed, I've got, I've got I've got the shirt and I've got yeah. the numbers, but I need yeah. to get it printed. I don't know who I go to to print shirts. I don't know if I went to the club shop and said, "Yo, will you do that for us?" He'd be like, "We can't because if we damage the shirt, then you, we can't we can't give you any money for it because you can't I haven't got everything. You didn't buy it here, so I have to find somebody that I know will do it at their own risk." I and honestly, if someone if someone if someone tries and fucks it up, I'll be like, "Eh, that was a point. I'll just buy a fucking another one and go somewhere else." Same with the Loughton shirt. Problem is, I don't have the numbers for Loughton, and I want. A lot. I want one from last season because that's when I interviewed him. Um, but yeah, anyway, I digress. Uh, I'll wrap it up because I'm chatting shit. Um, but that's it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching if you're watching. Uh, oh, I forgot to mention the fan reaction is obviously back this week. So 
if you want to be part of the fan reaction after the game, film yourself talking about the match, whether you're pissed off, happy, upset, whatever. Uh, film it, send it us, send it still via email at the minute. If you know me personally, just send it on WhatsApp or text. Um, and also, if you don't watch these fan reactions, anyone, they're my favorite thing at the minute. Brilliant. Yeah, I quite like them as well. I like editing them because it honestly it goes from absolute joke, mate, shite to. Ah oh, well, you know, we tried. And it's, it's just brilliant <laughs> how you get loads of different perspectives. Uh, so it's always good to see that sort of thing. Uh, but yeah, please, if you want to be part of it, I want anybody and anybody that wants to be a part of it. I want Clarence from all over the world. Big shout-outs again to Jimmy Carpenter for doing the last one. It were, it were good to go from broad Burnley accent to broad Burnley accent, broad Burnley accent to, hi, guys, American Claret here. And that's not even an American accent. That was terrible. That was, uh, the most British yeah. accent I've ever heard. <laughs> That was horrific. Like, yeehaw, American accent. Um, anyway. Um, but, yeah, or if you just want to watch it, that's fine. I know um, there's a few people that watch it. A lad called Mick Mighty Claret on Twitter, I think he's called. He loves it, um, but he doesn't send anything in. That, that's, that's fine. There you go. He's another one. Um, that's fine. If you, if, you, if you just want to watch it, I'm happy with that. Um, but, yeah, I do want more clouds to get involved, of course, I do. But thank you, Sam, for coming on. Thank you to Diaz for coming on. Dia, thank you to everybody for listening and watching. And we will see you, fingers crossed, for the watch-along. If not, we'll have a fun reaction ready for you on Monday, Tuesday afternoon. See you later. Podcast Network. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.